You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, and we have a great show, of course, lined up for you guys on this terrific Tuesday. I uh, want to thank all y'all for watching, and of course, I got to thank my co-host with the most, Big O, for being right here in the studio with us. What's up, Big O? Hey, Trey Holiday. How are you? I'm well. How are you, my I'm friend? I'm good. You're all converged out today. Converged? Yeah, you guys can't see the logo. It's right there, though, you know, sporting Coordinate. Coordinate. <laughs> got to coordinate. How are you today? I'm well, you know, well, Woke up good. Hey, when my son is in a good mood, it starts me off right. So everything all good this morning. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Got a great uh, show lined up there today. And actually, we're leaving a lot of space for interview session. Um, Monica C. Matthews, Life Enrichment, Life Enrichment Group. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Right there on the screen. Uh, Monica's here, and it sounds like a lot of different stuff. Uh, She's going to be talking about an event this weekend. Also, excuse me, all the other work that they're doing in community and you know is monica's one of those guests when when she walks through the door you just you feel like the whole tone of that you know there's lots of positivity in the air right yeah absolutely and you know we we talk about this all the time how here at converge it's really about uplifting so many different amazing people doing amazing things monica is one of them so i'm so excited to dive in with her today yeah, no, this is good stuff. Really, really excited about that as well. We'll get the show on the road here. Good morning, everybody. want to welcome you to the Morning Update Show. Remind you that right now is the perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Tag and share the stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the Emerald City. want to give a big shout out to our partners, KBCS 91.3 over at Bellevue College, as well as the South Seattle Emerald. You can listen to the Morning Update show anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. That's SoundCloud over there in the, ly- in the lyrics, huh? <laughs> in the comments. But you can also check us out on Google, Spotify, iTunes. All you have to do is search Converge Media Network. So I'm right now trying to remind everybody the resources out there around COVID. And yeah, you know, the numbers, right? We weren't able to, to get them all processed in time for the show this morning. But yeah, the, the numbers in King County there, you know, the COVID is still out there. It's still real. It's still impacting people here for us. Wa.org, uh, culturally curated resources for people in our community, especially those who might be vaccine hesitant, those who got vaccinated and they're like, man, what's going on? Yeah, this is something that we keep alive and well in terms of our messaging, because we know that uh, people are still out there getting COVID. And, you know, we saw this before. I think there's many of us out there that are not so surprised by these numbers in King County rising. You know, anytime you start to loosen the restrictions and the regulations on wearing masks, on opening up all these venues, opening up all of these amazing shows. I mean, I go to them, but I'm wearing my mask, oh, and I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people now that are like, wait a minute, I need to make sure I'm getting those KN95 masks. Let me step up my game because COVID is out there, and I'm glad that HereForUsWild.org is a great resource for us to still continue uh, to get informed and stay up to date. Um, I encourage everybody to really check it out and make sure that you know the, the most up-to-date information because that's what it's about right now. Ever changing, yeah. man. It it is ever changing. There's lots of lots of uh, stuff going on around around COVID and its impact. You know what's crazy is they said that over like within one week, uh, switching subjects here, like inflation, the cost of things. You actually you drive into the city, man. They said that gas went up seventeen cents in some places in one week, and that here the gas is high. It's just like the we already said the rent was too damn high. <laughs> And now it's like the gas is too damn high. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it is very, very uh, different than w- what we saw just uh, uh, several months ago. Uh, you know, for me, my filling up my tank was probably a little less than $40 normally, right? Like about 38 37 depending on the, the price. Right now, I'm almost at 50 something dollars. Oh, and I'm going to tell you that little bit of extra $12, $10, $15, it makes a huge difference, man, every time you're filling up your tank. So shout out to all of y'all out there that are dealing with these gas increases, just like me, particularly for those of us who commute, man. I'm telling you, I'm looking at bus pass uh, prices at this point. Oh, because I'm like, man, I might have to park at the transit center and make my way into the city. Yeah, no, I mean, sure. Saying, and that, that also, like, of course, 
a lot of things, it hits people disproportionately. You know, the price at the pump is the same for everybody. But, you know, when it comes down to people's income and then, you know, a lot of the essential workers now can't afford to live in the city. So, of course, they're commuting in, which means that more of their monthly income is being used on on fuel. You know, if, if you compare that to somebody, of course, who makes more money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, where it's people are feeling the impact and it's not only fuel, everything's expensive. huh? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before in terms of inflation rates in general. We're talking about groceries going up. I literally just was telling somebody the other day, I get it that, you know, uh, you know, a lot of our owners of stores and stuff are having to pay, you know, more for bulk items coming into their stores. But just the other day I went down a, you know, Pike Place Market. I was in the area. It was early in the day and I was like you know let me just go get a couple pieces of fruit and I got one apple and one nectarine oh and I spent over five dollars <laughs> I was like hold on I just got two pieces of fruit like so I- I'm gonna tell you we are all experiencing um, these increases when it comes to inflation it's bubbling up a lot of different industries in a lot of different ways and you are right in terms of how it disproportionately impacts our families we know that there are some families out there still you know, on survivor mode. I mean, many people are in that reg- in that regard because financially COVID has also impacted us. So we talk about this in terms of the multitude of effects that, uh, you know, impact families when it comes to our finances, man. You know, COVID is one of them. People have had to shift their jobs, um, take on a second job. Oftentimes it's a lot. Right. And Biden, Biden, he was um, came out today that they, they keep trying to President Biden keeps trying to reassure everybody that. Uh, but, you know, his strategy isn't his strategy is like the other guys would be doing worse <laughs> as, as opposed to like, you know, here's here's how we lead and get out in front on a lot of these things. And, you know, I mean, conversation probably for a different show. But, uh, you know, oh, Joe, he got he got <laughs> he got he got his hands full there on that one. I mean, because one thing for sure is so there's a lot of policies and things, things that happen in America that impact people differently. Some people care. Some people don't care. But across America, when the price goes up for everybody, it 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 gets everybody's attention. And so now, you know, they're they're trying to message and communicate more with the American people with President Biden saying that they're they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. But it's like, you know, ultimately, when people can't afford to buy the things that they want to buy, they're priced out of things and everything else, we have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think his message is falling on many deaf ears. Oh, you know, this is something that in terms of reassurance, people really need to see it hitting their pocketbooks. They need to see it, you know, hitting their, you know, their finances, their bills. I mean, if it's not doing that, the words are kind of, you know, falling short. Yeah, no, for sure. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, this came out. Mayor Harrell, Councilmember Herbold and Councilmember Nelson align on common approach to proposed hiring incentive legislation. We, we don't have an overlay for this, but um, yeah, I mean, so it looks like, you know, this is going in the committee here. Um, Nelson wants the incentives for the, the police. And then Herbold also talked about incentives for, for other, other jobs that the city doesn't have enough people for, you know, the city like carpenters and things like that. Um, and then Mayor Harrell is saying that he's gonna also have um, a comprehensive plan that's coming as well. They're, they're meeting. It's actually, they might be meeting right now. It says the 10th here. But, um, you know, I sent an email over there to City Hall because to Mayor Harrell, and I was like, well, where in all of this, like I said yesterday, is who's who's ensuring the right kind of officers in our city, right? Um, because, you know, right now, Kevin, Kevin, uh, not Kevin, um, Brian Callanan said a few weeks ago, it's like it's a bidding war right now between between a lot of the police agencies. And I think that in Seattle wants to compete in that bidding war, basically, with other agencies that uh, that surround the municipality. But um, I think that being mindful of the type of officers that they bring in here to the city is also important as well. Yeah, I mean, mentioning this point, it it really does hit home. Oh, it resonates uh, with so many of us out there because honestly, we're we're dealing with, you know, uh, what police bring in terms of their own lived experience, their perspectives, their outlook, 
we we actually deal with that at the community level. So whether you're individual, family, whatever, you never really want to have to deal with police. But we deal with that kind of ideology coming through the ways that they actually deal with us as citizens. And this is really interesting because I've been hearing similar things out in a federal way. Oh, in terms of how do they compete with these incentives? Um, you know, some, uh, you know, reports have kind of come out data about how police really don't want to come to Washington state um, because of the progressive legislation that we passed uh, in a couple of legislative sessions ago. And honestly, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if we're going to be leading the nation in terms of police accountability, then you you have to wonder why don't police want to come here? Is it because they don't want to be held accountable? But this this actual uh, fact is now putting pressure on that kind of bidding war and how different cities throughout Washington state are dealing with that because it creates another layer um, that they have to kind of work through in terms of enticing officers to come here. So it's a really interesting thing. My, I agree with you because as they do all of these measures, how are they looking at you know, the history of, of that individual officer? How are they looking at you know, the, the character and the caliber of officer that we bring here? It's so true, Oh, Yeah, no, and this is, this is something that, I mean, it's, it's well worth the thought process, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to think about that and um, you know, the, the city, it looks like I said, they're going to move forward with their incentive program, but in one form or another, but it's again, what type of officer here in the city of Seattle and officers that match the values of the city. Um, Boone Boona, I'm going to skip one over here. Uh, Salman, we'll put this up here, man. This is, this is good news right here. This was a uh, last week it was out of town. Um, it says, Owner of 12th Avenue Coffee Shop. There you go. Owner of 12th Avenue Coffee Shop, honored as Washington's Small Business Person of the Year. The U.S. Small Business Administration has named Ephraim Fasaha, owner of 12th Ave's Boone Boona Coffee, as Washington's Small Business Person of the Year. Fasaha was honored Thursday in a visit, including um, federal and city officials at the 12th Avenue Cafe. After starting the business in Ritten, Fasaha expanded in 2021 with his second Boone Boona Cafe across from Seattle University, bringing the company's African roast to the neighborhood. We're fortunate enough that the continent of Africa has so much available to it that all we have to do is roast it up and the work is done. Fasaha said the uh, the new honor comes as Fasaha has grown his company with financial support of the SBA. Um, yeah. So congratulations. Congratulations, indeed. Boon Buna, you know, we've done a couple stories on Boon Buna. This is really exciting because it's also so inspiring and encouraging to other small business owners out there. As we know, small business is really the backbone of America. And we so appreciate stories like this resonating throughout Black small businesses in particular to be able to capture this honor. Um, huge, huge huge congratulations over there to the whole team at Boon Boona. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, we'd be out in community and, you know, I was at Plum Bistro one time and Ephraim came up to me and he was like, oh my God, I just love what you're doing at Converge, you know, just had to say thank you for, you know, how you guys have honored Boon Boona. And it was such a great moment for me because I'm like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Like what we're doing here, you know, is resonating with him as a business owner. So shout out to you um, and your whole team. This is an exciting honor. I'm glad that we're able to celebrate with them today. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, you know, um, and just acknowledging the persistence, right? I mean, it's been a tough two years on business and the persistence and that location right up there across from Seattle U is thriving. Maybe we'll stop by there today after the show. I was just going to say that. We need to go ahead and check them out. I'm with it. All right. Let's good, do it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, I'm going to get out of here a bit early today and, and leave a lot of space for... <laughs> there she is, Monica C. Matthews. Coming to the morning update show set. And like I said, she has lots of good stuff to share. Yeah, I can't wait. You're watching the morning update show.
As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Beza and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faisa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. The breathtaking new musical, Afterwards, is the story of the art we make from the love that shapes us. When three women discover unexpected truths, a dazzling mosaic of intersecting lives reveals itself. Featuring a revelatory and soulful new score. Don't miss the world premiere of this captivating new musical, Afterwards, at the Fifth Avenue Theater, April 29th to May 21st. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I am your co-host, Trey Holiday, and I'm so excited because I'm going to tell you right now, this is really going to be a great discussion. Welcome to the set, Monica C. Matthews. Hi, Monica. Hey, Trey. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes, we've been talking about this for a while in community, and every time we connect with one another, we're like, you, I'm like, you're doing so much. We got to have you on. We got to have you on. So I'm so glad that you could join us today and that we really have a lot of time to dive into all the things you're doing. And I just got to say thank you. I mean, we 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 saw it there. Me and Omari were there uh, for the Kwanzaa Awards where you received two different awards because you're doing that much great work in the community and have been for such a long time. Let's just start at the beginning because I want the audience to get to know a little bit about you and what got you started with Life Enrichment Group and then later Queen Care. But just tell us about your beginnings. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, I'm a big fan of the show and the wall. So <laughs> I'm really glad to be here. You know, a lot of people don't know that Life Enrichment Group and Queen Care really sprung out of my purpose and out of my passion. Like I was a really wayward youth growing up. I grew up in the Midwest right outside of Chicago and I got into a lot of different things. I was pregnant at 15, um, just getting into street life and all of that. My mother moved us out here to Seattle. That was one of the best things she ever did for us. But even still, when I moved out here, I got involved in a lot of different things that just really was not good for my health, you know? And so I know what it's like to be a young person and be overlooked. I know what it's like to be a young person and not have the resources or the support to be able to get to that next level. And you literally just stay in this cycle of just destruction, right? Until someone, a positive adult or, you know, a positive system just kind of interrupts that negativity. And um, when I moved out here, you know, I landed kind of in Burien. I was like, where's all the black people at? <laughs> it's like, you know, I come from a black community. So I was searching and searching and I ended up in the central district and that became my home. And that was almost 30 years ago. And um, I landed right on 29th and Gessler and then on 28th and Jackson. And Everything around me was just negative, if I, if I can just say that, you know, but that's all I knew. And so um, there was a point in time, though, that I started thinking outside of myself, right? Mm -hmm. I started thinking about my son in particular, and I didn't want him to, like, have the life that I had. I wanted better for him, you know? It was, it was interesting because at that time, I didn't even want better for myself, mm -hmm. right? But I wanted better for him, and I started making some different choices and changes, and that was about around 26 years old. You know, life had really beat me down, <laughs> like, all the way down, mm -hmm. and um, um, I just like sat still and was like, God, like, what, what am I here for? 
Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I'm doing everything for everyone else. And these things aren't making me happy. You know, my self-care is at zero. I'm running myself into the ground. My son is watching me. It's like, what, what am I here for? And I literally got really serious about 30 days of my life. And I remember it was the year 2000 because I remember it was 1999 and, and December 31st. And everybody thought the world was going to end. Yeah. And I was like, let me have my little come to Jesus moment <laughs> get myself together too. And um, it came to me after about 30 days of just meditation and being still and just getting really serious and asking those questions like, what am I here for? Life Enrichment Group was born. Mm -hmm. And literally it was like, you are going to be what you didn't have growing up to these young people. You are going to be that support system, wrap your arms around these young people and love them like they're your own. And that's literally where Life Enrichment Group was born literally. Wow. And I, I was really, um, I, I searched a lot about like my own self, like what was I really, really missing? And it was a few different things, but first and foremost, it was like a cultural identity. Mm -hmm. Like, although I grew up in a black community, like we, it, it just wasn't, I didn't know that like black history didn't start with slavery. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that Africa was the birthplace of civilization. And like, we come from kings and queens and great people. I didn't know that. All I knew was this poor life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just felt like, okay, I'm probably just going to have about 10 kids and just be on welfare. And that's it for me, you know? And um, so I started with, self-identity and loving my black skin and I gotta shout out my friend knowledge he really instilled in me the love of being black and that was something that I just held on to I started teaching African dance that's really how the first program of life enrichment group was African dance we I had a group of young ladies I taught them African dance and taught them how to love themselves and love their skin despite what everyone else around was saying about their blackness well I I gotta say that that right there is I think so important you know as a mother of two young sons black men young men that I'm raising right now and, and they'll just be I always think about them as men because I'm like eventually you're going to be a man like you only are a child for the first little part of your life but if, if you live long enough really your adulthood will overtake your childhood in terms of years and experience and so I think about them as like one day being men and thinking to myself, my goodness, you know, if they do not understand their identity and their cultural heritage and how to be proud of who they are and where they come from, a lot of other things just won't land well for them. So I love hearing that, that you understood it for you and that you did a personal reflection on, you know, what were you missing? And so much of us, uh, so many of us out here, we actually connect with community in that way because we find that thing, right? You can have an amazing family, but they always talk about this circle of influence that expands from your primary family on out. And so being able to be that, that guiding factor for other young people when you were like, I didn't have that is a beautiful thing because we know what happens when you feel like they don't have it they'll choose exactly what you were choosing before the streets because it's like hey we, we still we out here you know what i'm saying be right here with us but i love that you did that and so you know life enrichment group started with african dance but you guys have expanded to so many different things tell us about some of the programs that you guys offer now all these years later yes yeah, so young queens seattle king county shout out to all my young queens out there um actually started on 24th and spring um right at the Moja p Center. So it's so exciting to see what Africatown is doing there now with the affordable housing. There's lots of great energy and love in that very soil right there. Um, Young Queens started there and we expanded into the schools because what we were seeing was, okay, they're coming to us on Saturday. I'm asking, what's your grades? And they're all failing. We're like, what's going on inside of the school? Like we actually need to be inside of that system because it's failing our young people. But that is the institution that we have right now. So that means that community needs to insert ourselves into that system and help 
our babies, yeah. right? And so it just grew from there. Young Queens is a leadership personal development program. Um, and we were in several Seattle public schools at that time. And then we looked up and said, hey, well, we want our young people to go to college. It doesn't matter if they go to a two-year, a four-year, or a vocational. We just want them to get the skills, get the information and the knowledge so that you can be able to compete globally, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we expanded to our Know to Grow program, which is our HBCU tours. But it's more than just a tour. Like anybody can take young people on a trip somewhere, right? It's about the time that we take to invest into the young people to really revive their love for learning because they get inside these institutions and they're they're shut down. They break they're they're getting broke down inside of educational institutions and we're like, "Hold on. Like learning is actually a good thing. We want you to love that. We want you to open this book." And yes, I still make my young people use dictionaries and books. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they used to think I'm old school. But the thing about it is, is that that particular program, we're actually celebrating 10 years for Know to Grow. Uh, it would have been 2020, but the pandemic shut us down. But 93% of the young people that go on our tours, they end up enrolling in a two, four or vocational institution. Wow. And that is so amazing when we think look at all of the statistics of young people, you know, not, not going to school and all that. No, hold on. We are changing the narrative. We are writing our own story, you know, about our young people and how they are thriving out here. I'm going to miss three graduations this weekend at Virginia State and Morehouse College. You wow. know, they are really um, thriving. And that is just, you know, we also couple that with workshops. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that we can actually teach our young people how to choose a college. You know, it's just not like. I'm just going to go anywhere. No, it needs to like fit what you want. And we teach them like, don't choose a career based off of how much money you're going to make. And we know that our society is like that, right? Pick the top five careers yeah. and go to school for that. But no, we flip it. We're like, what are you passionate about? Like, what are you really good at? Because you don't ever want to wake up and go to work and hate your job every day because you're going to work, be working for, the, you know, until, you know, you're older. Right. right. So that's our Know to Grow program. We also have the Scholars Project, which is a free summer program for middle schoolers where we focus on reading and writing academic support because we know at third grade, everyone knows the statistic. They're building prisons off of our black boys not being able to read. And so that goes back to the love for learning and, you know, get what you need regardless if the teacher likes you or not, you're going to get what you need. And you have positive supports that look like you that's at the school that will advocate for you. If your teacher mm -hmm. needs some advocating, like we're there for you, you know, so those are our three main programs. But we also have youth in business, which is our internship program where we teach young ladies about entrepreneurship because we know those skills are transferable. You, you have skills in entrepreneurship. You can make it anywhere. We have paid internships at Queen Care. Wow. Like our young ladies um, are just learning these skills that are really going to help them in the long run and skills that they can pass on to their, you know, children as well. Yeah. We have a mentorship program, Enrich Lives Mentoring Program, where we're looking for mentors. So if there's any mentors out there that want to spend 90 minutes per month with a young person, we know the formula. Like inserting positive adult in the lives of our young people works. Yeah. Like you don't even have to say anything. If you're just there, we know that that can help change the trajectory of a young person's life. Then lastly, we just expanded to Tacoma mm -hmm. with our youth and young adult shelter. We serve ages 18 to 24, where we are getting ready to open our day shelter program, where we will be providing the same skills and supports that we have provided over the last 20 years to that population. So lots of good stuff going on. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, you know what? I'm ready to drop this mic, Monica. Okay. Okay. I get to go all the way back to some of the first things you said. All of that is freaking phenomenal. You're amazing. And I know it takes a team. I want to talk to you about that too, because even if you're like leading, it takes a whole team to make all this stuff happen. But I got to say, you know, here at the Morning Update Show, we talk a lot about this educational gap. We talk about it all the time. We understand how public schools are failing, you know, black and brown students. We talk about it 
all the time. And I got to say, as a parent, right, like my first son, he's 16. He goes to Federal Way High School now. Shout out to you, Amiri. Uh, he goes to Federal Way High School and he's always been a great student, right? Like he just was like, OK, I got to sit. I got to learn. All right. That's what the rules are. I follow the rules. I'm going to do that. He's been a great student his entire you know, student life. Uh, my my second son is eight years old in second grade. And from the beginning, you know, his teachers were calling me, calling me, calling me preschool. I'm like, what is going on? My son just was not about that way of learning. Right. So, um, you know, we had uh, t uh, teaching with love and care. We had them here. Uh, Miss Catrice Dennis, shout out to you. Um, uh, and I'm so grateful that I found her. Right. Because she now just converted a little bus and they do exploratory learning. My she just told me yesterday that my second grader is reading at a sixth grade level because she does a mastery approach. And so the way that he's learning there is phenomenal and it's built for him, right? With all of these different things that she brings to their lives as the young people that she's connected with. And I got to say, public schools are better served when Folks like yourselves and organizations like Life Enrichment Group are a part of the community that they build. But let's not be forgetting the fact that the students are the bag. I mean, if they're, if they're you know, they're getting almost $4,000 a head for each student that is at their system, at their school. So my thing is, is, you know, when you think about connecting with these schools, I love how you just framed it because it's not about, you know, changing the institution. It's about injecting that positivity into the student's life, no matter what. And I just appreciate your approach in that way, because we need more of that. And I think all public school systems would really benefit from understanding, look, we actually don't have the greatest model. Um, and if we look at our statistics, we can try to do all of these things. But if we're not reaching out to the community, we're doing our students a disservice. Yes, that's absolutely true. And we were just fortunate because one of those years, I can't remember, it's been so many, um, there was an initi initiative called Community in Schools. Yeah. And that initiative is how we were able to get into schools. And the reason why we've been able to stay is because our schools get that. But not all schools get it. Yeah. But I'm telling you, since the pandemic, schools are starting to get it. Our, our lines are ringing off the hook. Like, oh, can you come? Can you come? Can you, can you come? And to your point of, you know, we're not trying to go into the institution and change it. But I also will say that we need our own institutions. Oh, come on now. Come on. This is exactly why I really appreciate. I'm going to tell you, because I, I had my son at Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. Again, like I just said, Catrice teaching with love and care is like a small private school. And I pay for him to go there. But it's because I cannot tell you there is no other place that is like that. We are seeing the rise of charters here. This is why Washington Charters was fighting so hard, because how else do we have our own institutions if we need to break the monotony of pedagogy that we see in rising in public school systems. I really appreciate RVLA for their model of decolonized education. So I just wanted to harp on that a minute because I agree with you. I think it's so important and it's so vital uh, for our young people to understand that people that look like them care so much about their future. And I just got so emotionally attached to everything that you were saying because of course, I, I just told you before we started, I need to get my son, you know, connected with you. I mean, there's so many amazing groups that I think are doing great work. And ultimately, it's on us as parents to try to research that. But how do you guys, um, you know, spread the word and make sure that, you know, parents and families know about Life Enrichment Group and all the programs that you offer? Yes. First of all, shout out to the Life Enrichment Group team. <laughs> shout out to the Queen Care team. Like, this is definitely something that I have not been able to do on my own. I carried it for a really long time, like about maybe six or seven years, and then steady increasing. People just, you know, grabbed onto the vision, grabbed onto the vision, and it grew. Parents in community can get, we are in the community. We are out here. We are not hard to find. Um, if your child is not at one of the schools that we serve, um, we do have, you know, since Zoom has been a big thing now, your kid can hop on Zoom right now. We're having Zoom classes every Thursday, Saturday. Um, our summer program is going to be a hybrid, you know, in person and on Zoom. I mean, we've been serving young people from across the nation, you know, with, with this 
new Zoom thing. So like I'm out here. We are here. We are not hard to find. You know, look us up on a website. I'm always accessible via social media. I mean, you know, I'm not hiding. You know, I, I think it's important. This is exactly I see you. I see you. Um all over the place, mm. Monica. Like, and it, every time we're like at a community event and I'm like, oh, hey, girl, hey, girl, you know, right? But the thing is, is that to me, that's really where the real community building and relationships come into place. And I'm always uh, trying to make sure my son, well, my 16 year old, he's got his own life. So he's not with me as much as my eight year old, but just to bring them along with me when I'm, you know, out here in community and connecting and doing events and things like that, because I think it's important for them to have that exposure to, to this is what black community looks like here. And I, I will never forget. And I keep hearing this time and time again. You can talk about different states that have a, a large black population. You just said it here today. But there's something very unique about Seattle's black community in terms of connecting with each other, you know, having this, you know, Converge Media and the Black Media Matter Studios to really shine a light on all these amazing stories that are happening in our community. And on, honestly, it's one of the things that I get to benefit from, not just because I'm you know, uh, seeing it happen, but really being a part of it. And I just appreciate you for that. So, you know, y'all heard it right there, you know, life enrichment group, make sure you guys are checking out all the programs that you offer. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit after this short break, a little bit more about queen care and you guys' annual fundraiser that's coming up for life enrichment group. So I can't wait to dive into that with you. You guys stay tuned. Uh, Monica Matthews and I are going to continue this amazing conversation after this short break. You're watching the morning update show. My name is Josephine and I live in Renton, Washington. I am a singer and I use the arts as a way for me to elaborate on all the concerns of our community. I ended up with COVID and it impacted my life greatly. I was told sometimes to rest, but resting felt like I would die. I was told to lay down, but laying down flat took my breath away. Even after getting COVID, I still did not want to have anything to do with the vaccination. There was much fear in the African-American community and no one should react out of fear. Before you do anything, pray and make sure that you're praying to get the answer and not praying to get your answer. Since I received the vaccination, I've been able to breathe. Reconsider asking yourself why you are hesitant because it wouldn't come up if it didn't need to come out. I'm telling you to stand and make a choice. We'll be all right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I am your co-host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is Monica C. Matthews once again. Monica, I'm telling you, you really set the tone for all the things that you're doing. And I just appreciated your, your personal story because I know for me, it's like that's one of the things I love about being right here in the Black Media Matter Studios and connecting with folks like you because we all have that thing that drives us for what we're doing out here in the community and in the world. Um, so just shout out to you and the entire Life Enrichment Group team. Now, you, you were talking a little bit about this because you were expanding on these programs that you guys offer and you're offering these internships at Queen Care. Now, this is exciting because Queen Care is, you know, is right in the heart of the Central District on Jackson 23rd. Tell us a bit about, you know, Queen Care and the business side of what you're doing. First of all, I have to say that me being on 23rd and Jackson means everything to me. I am so elated about that. What that represents is my life full circle because those same streets that I was running back then, now I'm here in a positive capacity and really helping to build and not tear down. And so that means so much. And I think more so than any program or anything that I can say, it's really important that I live my life in a way where these young people can see they can see themselves in me. They can see what's possible with me. Oh, she started off there, but look at her now. I'm, I'm here now. I can go here, you know? And so that is means everything to me. And so being there, though, is just, uh, man, I stand on the shoulders of those who have come before me. Really and truly. I mean, that very location, I used to get my hair done at a black beauty salon right there when the promenade was there. Yeah. But you know what? This older lady came into the store when we had first opened and she said, you know about the businesses that were here before you? I'm like, yeah, the promenade. And She's like, no, before that, 
There was a black pub across the street. This was a black center right on 23rd and Jackson. She said um, there was actually a perfume shop this guy used to run that was right here where we're standing and it was inside of my shop. Mm -hmm. And you know what I got to thinking? I said, you know what? I really do stand on the shoulders of those who have come before me. But right now, it's really, really important. Two things to me is to build Black Wall Street back up and Black businesses. And there are a lot of I have a lot of Black business neighbors now on 23rd and Jackson. I hope everyone can come out, but also to actually leave something for the next generation. That is so important to me right now because we are always stopping and starting. Right. We'll start a good business. And then two years later, you don't see it anymore for a variety of reasons. And it's like, I want to combat against that because our culture is always stopping and starting. I want to leave my son something and his kids and his kids, kids. And it's not about me. It's about we. So it doesn't make sense if I'm super successful, but my brother and sister is not. That is not success to me. You know, it's more about community. And let me tell you about 23rd and Jackson. Wouldn't not one black business be there if it wasn't for the advocacy of the community mm -hmm. really pressing Vulcan to do the right thing in this situation. And so now we're here to stay. I'm there. Oh, we're definitely here to stay. And I'm really excited about Queen Care because Queen Care really was born out of you know, needing to look at our self-care a little bit more. And we were challenged by the United Way of King County to come up with an economic plan for young black girls that will really help them in their economic situations. And I got to shout out one of my mentors, Fatima Gordon. She actually gifted me the recipe to four products, mm. four products all those years ago that we were able to expand on and start to build an empire. And so the, again, the importance of mentors and positive adults in your life. Those are the type of things that I embodied and those are the type of things that I do, mm -hmm. right? Because someone invested in me and not just her. I've had several, I keep several mentors yeah. around me and that's what I want to be for young people. And so this internship, this paid internship for our young ladies, they come into the store and they learn entrepreneurship real time because, you know, entrepreneurship is this cutesy thing like, oh yeah, I own a business and all this, but people don't really see what's behind the scenes, what's behind the social media veil. OK, all the hats that you're wearing and each and every one of those hats represents a bag, mm. represents a skill, something that you don't have to have your own business, but you can go down in corporate and rock it. You can go overseas and rock it, you know, and so teaching them these skills also at the same time, helping them to develop personally as a woman, as a queen. Right. And that is so important to me um, to give them some real time, not just in the textbook. Oh, this is how you do it. Yeah. Oh, it's really different when you got a customer in your face and they want their refund right now. Mm. What you going to do? You know, yeah. customer service is key. Right. And so bringing them into the store. And that's also goes along with what you see mm -hmm. you can achieve. You know, you see this beautiful store. This can be yours. And it's not for me. Like, I'm getting up there in age. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. This is for the young people to take it over. And I tell them this all the time. It's not for me. This is for you all. You know, I got to say, Monica, that that model is uh, needed so much in our community, particularly as we uh, disrupt gentrification at our very intentional level. Um, I agree with you in terms of all of the community advocates who pressed um, these for-profit developers coming into our community, particularly the Central District and South End, to say, you will not erase us and you will not erase the heritage and rich culture that we brought to this community and we want to have those uh, amazing spaces again we demand them in order to allow our community to continue to thrive so to see you know I go down Jackson and I'm like oh man one more building after another one more building after another that just don't represent us and you can you know you can call it Ernestine Anderson and if, if not a lot of black folks are living there is it really you know right so we don't want that we want real economic drivers. Omari is always saying this, you know, 
let's look at the economics of it all. How is the money coming into the black community? Uh, you know, uh, we're not just talking about affordability, but we're also talking about ways and pathways to generate generational wealth. That's really what we're talking about here. And so I really appreciate what you're saying there because we need more business owners and business minded folks to have that kind of a model in terms of setting an example and a foundation for future generations to be able to profit from and benefit from. Um, it's not just about cultural representation, but it is about dollars. And I really appreciate that. I think um, it's important for people to understand we have to be really multi-layered in our approaches right now because we are dealing with a multitude of issues out here when we talk about rebuilding our communities. So I love that you do that. What are some of the products that you guys have at Queen Care? I know I need to come. I, I need to, you got body butters. What y'all got up there? Yes. So the whole premise of Queen Care is to indulge, engage, and uplift. We want people to indulge in self-care practices that really support optimal health. There was a point in time in my life where I was so out of it. I couldn't even get out the bed. My self-care, giving everything to everyone else and nothing for myself. Changing the narrative on that. No, indulge in self-care practices. You first, okay? That's not selfish. We want people to engage in their community like we do. I'm out here engaging, seeing what's going on, building relationships so we can understand each other a little bit better. And that's not just from black to black. That's like cross-cultural. Yeah. We need those cross-cultural connections. And then uplifting our community, like things that you were saying, passing down wealth. We're always passing down bills yeah. and problems and generations curses like let's piss down some wealth and some leisure and some happiness so I gotta tell you our top two products that you have to come in and get number one is our brown sugar scrub that product right there will have your skin silky smooth and just ready for the world variety of uses for it and you know, the whole thing about like even using these products is the time really that it that you are taking to moisturize your skin to say, you know what, I'm going to take care of the one of the number one organs in my on my, in my skin, on, on my body. Right. Mm -hmm. um, taking that time to do that, because how many times have we just jumped in the shower and jumped out and jumped off for our day and you just gone like it's a ritual. Self-care can be a ritual, a practice. Right. And then you got to get our shake cream. Our shade cream is like the top runner. Those two products right there have kept us on the map and actually have taken us nationwide. Wow. I, I got to tell you, as someone who truly does have self-care every morning with my shower, even if I take a bath at night and I take another shower in the morning, there is something so special about utilizing black products on my black skin. And I am so grateful that I get to even pass that down to my sons. I was just talking to my 16 year old about caring for his feet. You know, as an athlete, these young men need to know, like you need, you know, you need to scrub, you know, you need to be doing extra things. So I took him to get a pedicure, but I said, there's things you can be doing in between. You need to be having that, that shea butter, having that scrub. So I'm all about it. You will probably be seeing me up there because I'm going to tell you right now, I got a whole litany of it and I do actually have some cream care shea butter. So I'm so excited. Shout out to Dr. Mims. Dr. Mims yes. gave me a little gift bag and it had that in there. I was like, yes, uh, I'm all for it. But you know what? This is really something to be said for all business owners out there that you can start with several products and allow those to be really great products and they will take you far. So this is just exciting all around. I mean, you know, you're doing so many different things and this is why we wanted to give you all the time to really talk about these multiple hats you wear. And as somebody who wears multiple hats, I know what it means to have that team behind you to really help do that. So shout out to the entire Life Enrichment Group and Queen Care team. Um, you also have this amazing event coming up. I want you to give us a little bit more about this event because sounds like you've been doing this for some time. Tell us about the history of this event. Yes. So this event actually was called Dine for Education, where we would actually have a sit down dinner. And my have we grown? We used to do it in the treehouse building, just a few of us. And wow, it has really grown over the years. It's just a way to get the community involved, parents involved and to just say, hey, we are investing in the lives of our young people. COVID hit. <laughs> That was it for coming in person. Um, last year, we did an online fundraiser. But this year, we really are infusing mental wellness 
more so into all of our programs, right? COVID really did shine a light on a lot of mental health issues that we all were having. Like I said, prior to COVID, like I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get out the bed, but COVID had to happen to slow me down enough to say, you know what, you have some wellness things that you need to work on. And when we looked at our young people, we were like, we also need to infuse some innovative ways to make sure our young people are mentally well. I mean, it's not going to look like a therapist on a couch, right? We need some some art therapy, some music healing, like those type of things for our young people. And so this year's fundraiser is really raising funds so that we can invest in mental wellness of our young people. It's called Dash for Education. This is innovative in its own self. We're having a scavenger hunt, okay? A scavenger hunt because we're being very intentional. Everything we do is intentional. We're not just haphazardly pulling things out of the air to do, right? So what we want to do is get people out the house, number one, because even I myself, I'm a homebody, but like we need to get outside a little bit more. Like I put on a few pounds since COVID. Like we want to encourage people to move around a little bit. So we're like, okay, scavenger hunt. We are highlighting three businesses that are in the Columbia City, Hillman City area. We're shutting down on the block, just going to have a good time. Fitness for the culture will be there doing Zumba. Shout out to Ashley. And um, we are going to have a thousand dollar prize. So you'll get your clues. You'll go to one business. If you can figure out what that business is, you'll get your next clue. You get your next clue and the winner $1,000 and you are actually investing in mental wellness services and opportunities for young people across King and Pierce County. My goodness amazing and so innovative. Um, you don't often hear about uh, fundraising scavengers. <laughs> Let me tell you, what a great way to pull together some fun activities. Um, clearly, this is family friendly, right? I mean, uh, Saman, put it up there. Put it up there one more time so people can get the logistics. Um, just tell us about when this event is happening and how people can connect to it. Yes, May 14th. Um, registration begins at 12. The event starts at 1. One sharp, okay? Um, so you can register on site right in Columbia City in front of the Columbia City Queen Care. So we have two locations for Queen Care. Jackson is our flagship. Queen Care is closed down right now because we're actually remodeling it for a, a spa, which is going to open fall 2022. So 37th and Hudson, 3702 South Hudson Street. Meet us there. We're going to have a great, great time. And we're just going to move our bodies, move around, get some fresh air and just build community. Well, you know, it sounds like Converge is already going to be in the building because yes. my girl Basa is going to be there. You also got Tyra is going to be in the building. So look, look, you have already connected to the Converge family. Shout out to shout out to my girl Basa for being a part of this amazing event. Uh, you know, Monica, this is uh, something that's so needed in our community. And uh, it, it sounds like people will not only be able to have a great time, but also contribute to an amazing cause. Um, you know, you know, several, uh, you know, interviews that I've had and different people I've been speaking to, we've been talking about the need to really transform philanthropy. And I'm sure you understand that as Life Enrichment Group is a nonprofit. And then you got your for-profit with Queen Care. The idea that philanthropy needs to be more connected to whoever it's granting to, right? It can't just be this checkmark box that they are like, oh yeah, we're, we're doing our, this is the, you know, black organization we're connecting. No, it needs to be real intentional and genuine and relational. Um, you know, we talk about the difference between, you know, transactional and relational all the time. And I think, you know, philanthropy is kind of waking up to that. Um, before I let you go, I had to ask you, because as you talk about this fundraising event and allowing the community to come in, how have you been able to really transform some of your philanthropic partners to understand that necessity to have that genuine relationship. Yes, to be completely honest, COVID is what shook up that whole sector. And I was able to really talk to our funders and say, hey, you know, in times past, years past, we've been trying to get money for mental health. And it's like a no every single time. But when COVID hit, it's like, okay, we're open to anything on the table. They see us as experts now. And we are that. We are yeah. an expert in serving African-American children and their development. And so changing that shift, like, 
we're the experts and we need you to fund us as the expert. We can all stay in our lane and we can get this work done and actually close these gaps that are all across all of, you know, all of these sectors, right. With our, with our children. And so um, we have just really been blessed that like the city of Seattle, King County, Pierce County, Tukwila school district have really gotten it and said, you know what? We're going to give you, you know, you take the lead, tell us what you need and we'll write the check. And that's how it needs to be. That really is how it needs to be. You know, I was just having a discussion with someone and I said, you know, what you need to be thinking about is unrestricted funds because mm-hmm. you you got to come in and want to build real relationships. Uh, many black led organizations and nonprofits um do a variety of things. If you center it on one thing, you're going to be missing out on opportunity. So I'm glad that you were able to have those discussions too. Before I let you all the way go, you can look right there, make sure people know how to connect with Life Enrichment Group and Queen Care. And you personally, if they want, if you want them to follow you on IG, let them know right there in that camera. Yes. Well, you all know, you can follow me on Facebook, Monica C. Matthews, absolutely on Instagram, Life Enrichment G or Queen Care Products underscore one. Parents, please reach out to us. You can email us info at lifeenrichmentgroup.org. Um, you can ping us, DM us, however, just reach out. You see me at the grocery store because listen, I live, work, and play in the community that I love. So you can catch me at QFC or, or PCC or wherever. And just the main thing is just reach out and connect. We can't read minds, but we are here to support your children and we love them like our, they're our own, please reach out. Connect with us. There it is. Reach out and connect. Monica C. Matthews, thank you so much for being with me today on the Morning Update Show. We appreciate all you're doing in community, sis. I see you. I salute you and your entire team. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, you guys. What an amazing show today. Uh, I'm so glad that we were able to dive into all the things that Monica is doing out here in community. It's so important. We really appreciate you guys for supporting us here at Converge um, and for sharing this stream. You know, more people need to be inspired by these stories. Y'all know that's where I'm going with it. If you're not inspired by all the hats Monica is wearing, I don't know what will shake you up. Understand that you are needed as a part of the solution in this community as we build and grow. And as she said, cross cultures and everything, ethnicities, let's find ways to come together and make this world a better place. Um, Of course, before I all the way let you go, we got to give one more shout out to Marriage of Figaro. Uh, Marriage of Figaro, you guys can still buy your tickets to this amazing opera. I can't wait to see Norman Garrett um, in his full regalia. Um, I'm telling you, I'm excited about this. And I I think me and O are going to go. So hopefully we can check that out. And of course, as Omari would say, you guys go forward in your purpose, go forward in your humanity. We're going to leave you with a little bit of hope from Shayna Shepard. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. What do I see through a lens of fear? A thousand little steps to go. What do I fear after all these years? Lord knows I don't even know. I've been running on the edge of a sundial, sleeping in the shadow.
produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.